Welcome to more than a few words of marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And this morning, Allison, good morning, Allison. Good morning, everyone. Allison and I are going to be talking about Pinterest. This is something that really has come out of nowhere. If you had asked me four months ago what Pinterest was, I'm pretty sure you would have gotten a blank stare. How about you, Allison? Four months ago, yeah, I think that this really started to think about December of 2011 was the first time it really popped up on my radar screen, but it's actually been around in one form or another since I believe it's far back as not. It certainly has, but it, it's like a lot of software applications. It had a nice slow start, but it is catching fire, and it is really catching fire. I know in preparation for the show today, you were looking at just some general statistics about the growth of Pinterest. Pinterest has really experienced tremendous growth. I believe since December of 2011, it's experienced approximately 2,000% growth. So, I mean, it's, it's, its audience is really growing geometrically. Uh, it has approximately 12 million unique monthly users um, each and every month and about 2.2 million daily unique users. So, within that, you've got tens and tens of millions of page views and, and hundreds of millions of pins. So... This morning, because this clearly is um, the fastest growing, it is um, uh, everywhere you turn, people are talking about it. We're certainly getting a lot of questions about it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is Pinterest. If you've got questions, um, feel free to pop them into our Twitter stream um, today. Peter, good morning, Peter. Hey. Peter is manning the Twitter board. Uh, be sure to use pound uh, MTFW. That's our hashtag. That way we'll see the question. And if you want to call in and ask a question, the phone number is 805-285-9865. You also want to make sure that you stay on to the end of the program today. We're going to be uh, testing out a new segment called Half-Baked Marketing Ideas with uh, our good friend Stephen Shattuck, Community Manager over at Slingshot SEO. It's about the Hunger Games, so I know none of you are going to want to miss that. <laughs> but right now, what the heck is Pinterest? You know, I get that, that question a lot. It's in a way, it's a, just a series of billboard, uh, uh, bulletin boards, or um, I think about it because I'm old school, like file cabinets. Um, for years, when I started the business, before I started the business, I would see things in magazines that I would rip out and shove in file folders and think someday I'm going to get to that. Oh, but this is so much prettier than that. Oh my God, it certainly is. But it's, it's essentially that same idea: is that Anywhere I go on the web, anything that I see, a picture, an article, I can simply pin it, put it in a category, and when I'm ready to think about that, there it is. So here's how it works. Basically, you can install um, a little, it's called a pin marklet. Um, it's a stupid name, but basically get a little thing on your toolbar. And then when you're on a website, let's say you find a great recipe that you love on your favorite cooking blog, you see a dress that you have to own in your favorite e-commerce store, you find a fantastic infographic that you want to share with everyone. You hit that little pin marklet button, and it essentially lets you create a picture of that with a link back to that article that you loved so much and pin it on one of your pre-created Pinterest boards. This allows you not only to see that picture anytime you want, but also click through and get back to that original article. And that's the part of Pinterest that people don't talk about as much. They talk about the striking visuals, which are critical. 
But I think that the real strength of Pinterest is that follow back to that original content. Well, because that's really my file cabinet. Um, Andy and I, my husband and I, are planning a trip to Spain and Portugal. We talk about it a lot. That way I know he can't back out and decide we're not going this summer. I'll go with you if he does. Okay, yeah. Andy, did you hear that? But, okay. But the idea is that anytime I see an article about Spain, I see, I, I, I'm browsing and I find some great things that I'm like, wow, I want to be sure I remember that. I don't have to copy the link, put it somewhere on a file. I don't have to print the page. I just pin it to my Spain board. Mm -hmm. And when we're ready to plan this trip, I'm going to have pages and pages. So before we jump into using this for business, let's start about talking about how do you, how do you use it besides, besides your Spain trip? What else do you use it for? Um, I, uh, I use it actually to share my photographs. Mm -hmm. I am a um, very amateur, underscore, underscore, amateur photographer, but it makes me happy. And I photograph mostly for me, and I photograph a lot of flowers. Um, and so I do two things. I share my photos, mm -hmm. but I also look for photographs by other photographers, and I collect their work so that I can see how do other people use light? How do other people um, arrange things? I have a, a board that just makes me laugh. Um, I have a board that is recipes. It's kind of empty because I don't really cook a lot. Yeah, I, I saw that you had a recipe board, and I thought that was the most confusing thing ever. Did Andy look over your shoulder? <laughs> no, um, and, and he probably will have a recipe board. I, I, I did the board because... There's so much food on Pinterest, I kept thinking that surely I needed to have one. There is, and this is as good a time as any to talk about kind of what's been the elephant in the room, it's not really an elephant in the room, what's been one of the major issues and controversies about Pinterest, and that is the gender breakdown. Um, some people are calling it a little bit of a pink ghetto of social media. Definitely that is where your ladies are at. Um, approximately 68% of all registered users on Pinterest are female, but when it comes to people who actually use the service, 82% of active users are women. Um, because of this, we've gotten some interesting um, knockoffs of Pinterest that are a little more um, I don't know, XY instead of XX, I guess, but um, chromosomes, nothing dirty. Yeah. Um, so you've got things like Gentle Mint. Um, there, there's a bunch of other ones that have sprung up, I guess because boys and girls can't play nicely on the same service. I think, you know, I think that the idea is that um, they're thinking that, you know, they've got to offer kind of a men's platform, but there I think you have to go back to the basic question. Why is Pinterest predominantly women. Mm -hmm. And it's not what's being shared. I think it is the process of how it is being shared. I think that, um, and I know we go back and forth, but there are differences in how men and women in general process information, how they shop, how they browse. It goes back, I mean, we're hard-coded. Mm -hmm. um, men were hunters, women were gatherers. Pinterest is very much a gathering style of collecting information. And I, I certainly don't, I, I think that the gathering style of information is a very apt analogy, but at the same time, I think that men who are saying, I don't want to get on Pinterest because it's just chicks over there, A, you're being silly, and B, if you're a marketer, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. I've seen um, incredible articles that I found incredibly sexist from tech writers saying, you don't need to be advertising your tech brand, you don't need to be using Pinterest if you're a tech brand because it's only women. 
And that, to me, that goes back to the same idea. And, okay, I, I, if anybody out there likes it, I'm going to offend all of you, but the Danica Patrick commercials on GoDaddy are totally that same mindset that every web developer, that anyone who's going to buy a domain name is a teenage boy. And I think it's about time people woke up and realized that there are lots and lots of women in the tech space. And quite honestly, um, uh, there are now women in pretty much every space. And if your product or service um, crosses gender lines, uh, I think you need to be there. But also, I would argue that men need inspiration, too. I would completely agree. And I, I use Pinterest in a similar way to easy, but one of the most important things for me is I simply have a board of, of various objects and pictures that, that inspire me as a writer. Um, and these are the most random things imaginable. I have everything from rocks to beautiful landscapes to, to art photos to paintings and, and every strange thing you can imagine. It's not the typical recipe decorating ideas, clothing stuff that you tend to see on Pinterest. Um, there's simply things that I find beautiful, that I find important, and I think that everyone can benefit from that. I'm also fascinated. I see a lot of people who um, uh, create boards so that the boards themselves look beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how often um, uh, people are actually looking at their boards, but you'll see people who will do a purple collection mm -hmm. or a red collection and a green collection. And for me, as a, when I'm looking at it more as a designer, and I see sort of how people are pulling colors together. Um, on the Roundtech site, we've got a topography board. I love type. Mm -hmm. And um, again, collecting different types of examples is fascinating. So let's, let's switch over a little bit to the business side. I think it's important that you have a good fundamental understanding of how people use it. But let's talk now about how we can use these tools as brands. Um, first of all, the most obvious reason that your brand should be on Pinterest is if you are one of these lifestyle brands that predominate on the network. That would be food of any and all kinds. Food is, is porn. Food is life on Pinterest. <laughs> um, if you have anything to do with food in any way, you've got to be there. Uh, fashion. Absolutely. Style. Um, uh, if you have... Um, Clothes, interior design. Mm -hmm. Now there are some specialty. Mm -hmm. um, there are some specialty uh, sites that are knockoffs of Pinterest. But um, if you're an interior decorator, if you, if you're an artist, mm -hmm. um, if you are a home builder and you are building beautiful homes, landscape, mm -hmm. anything that has an element that is the end of your project. You would be likely to take a picture. Mm -hmm. You need to be on Pinterest. The other really, uh, the other sector that's really been taking advantage of, of Pinterest to really great effect is the not-for-profits. Um, we've seen all sorts of not-for-profits taking pictures of their work, whether that's um, tutoring school kids, whether that's uh, digging wells in Africa, um, whatever that case may be. It's really a fantastic opportunity to take a look at who your donors or customers are, as the case may be, and build a complete brand around them. I think that's really one of the largest strengths of Pinterest is being able to build a 360-degree brand. And what I mean by that is not just pinning your own stuff, but also just pinning things that are of interest to your customers. And, and creating reasons. And, and let's kind of go back, because you had some favorites when we were, when we were working on this, um, both on the sort of lifestyle brand and the not-for-profit. Mm -hmm. um, 
You had, was it Whole Foods that you really liked? For my mind, Whole Foods is probably the best at creating this total 360 brand. The one that are not only pinning uh, pictures of their own produce and pictures of their own products, but the company that is also doing the best at just sharing things that that make up the complete person that they're trying to market for, that make up the entire um, the entire person. So sharing things on um, sustainable craft projects, sharing things about things with their Whole Foods Foundation, they do a really stellar job at that. And I think that's, you know, one of the things is, is the whole cause marketing, which is so central to the Whole Foods brand. Um, this really gives them a chance to kind of show compelling photos that hopefully will engage people. Yeah, so remember, and, and this is just like on any social network, if all you're doing is sharing your own stuff, sharing your own pictures, sharing your own blog posts, you're doing it wrong. There was an interesting article though today in the Wall today or yesterday in the Wall Street mm -hmm. Journal about this sort of shift where in the beginning Pinterest was don't share your stuff, share, you know, share others, share others. And this kind of switched and said it's okay to share your stuff too. And I thought that was an interesting change in direction. Well, interestingly, one of the reasons for that shift has to do with the legality of Pinterest. You guys might have heard about this. Um, it's been fairly controversial. This lawyer looked at the at Pinterest terms of service and said, oh my God, we're all in violation of copyright law. We could all be sued if you pin anyone else's content. Because in the Pinterest terms of service, it does say that you should be the copyright holder of anything that you pin. So theoretically, by pinning an image from any other website, this woman said you could be in violation of copyright law. Um, Pinterest has been clarifying this. They've been updating their terms of service like with that because essentially by encouraging people to pin, not pin their own stuff, they were encouraging them to be in violation of copyright. So here's the bottom line. Are you going to get sued if you pin stuff on Pinterest? Probably not. Mm -hmm. um, most people who don't want their stuff shared, there's actually a bit of code you can insert into your website that makes things unpinnable. Um, and Pinterest is, is working with various copyright and stakeholders to create a new uh, moderation system by which it's easier to report copyright infringement. And they simply pull those down similar to what um, YouTube or, or other or Tumblr do. Um, so there's been kind of a tempest and teapot about it. I kind of think it's much ado about nothing, assuming that you're giving, that you're pinning stuff from the website and not downloading it and then re-uploading the picture as if it were your own. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise, you're essentially driving traffic to their website and doing a good thing. So I don't think there's too much to be worried about that right now, but definitely it's a situation we're keeping an eye on. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to jump, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but examples of other not-for-profits that are doing a good job with, um, with Pinterest. Um, UNICEF has some great boards on, on kind of a macro level. Of course, the, the United Nations um, Foundation uh, is doing a great job. But on a more local level, um, I think a lot of you know that this is a charity that's very near and dear to my heart. Indie School on Wheels has started a pin board um, showing pictures of children that they tutor, showing inspirational quotes about education and the, and the importance of reading and learning and the power of books. And again, just creating that entire brand around what they do, not simply focusing on what they do, but thinking about who their customer is. And it is that um, focus on your customer. I mean, this is really, like you said, it's not any different than how we tell people to engage in Twitter or Facebook. Share your stuff. Share things that your customers are going to be interested in. Um, with the bottom line, the end game is still 
to drive traffic to your website. And um, this has been fun. I've been watching this the last couple of months um, where Pinterest surpassed G plus in terms of the number of referrals it's driving to websites and it's creeping up every month. I'm really going to be curious to see how close it gets to Twitter. Uh, I've seen in some studies that it's already surpassed Twitter, um, depending on who you read. And of course, it's going to be very, very different for every brand. Um, for us, Twitter is still our number two traffic referrer right behind Facebook. So for instance, for a client for whom I manage a Pinterest board, their traffic from Facebook and Pinterest is the same. Um, they are almost exactly tied in terms of what refers traffic back to their website. And I think that this is the most important part. So prick your ears up, listen. The most important thing about Pinterest is not your board. The most important thing about Pinterest is your content strategy. It's about how you create things that are pinnable, that are shareable, that are interesting. And the most important way that you can do that is with a heavier emphasis on visuals. So let me talk a little bit about how we've even shifted our strategy to include more of these shareable visuals. Well, there was uh, several things. One, when we updated our website um, this summer, we selected a theme that allowed us to have a featured image. That way, when you came to our blog roll, even though we have just little snippets of each blog post, we've got these wonderful featured images, and we don't put them on every single post, but visually when you look down the page, there would be a splash of color. So initially that was just for um, to make our, our blog page look more interesting, but what we also began to notice was as we pulled uh, content to Facebook, if we didn't have an image, we had a significantly lower click-through rate. We had less interaction. We had less responses. And so more and more we began putting images in every blog post. The same is true now for Pinterest. The thing that I struggle with a little bit is as we're working through this, some of the cute little images that work fine to grab your attention on Facebook, they're just a little splash of color are not going to get a nod on Pinterest. What you don't want to do is simply pull stock images that promote back to your blog post. You're going to look a fool and you're not going to do anything. Um, what you really need to do is figure out what makes your brand tick visually. For some of you guys, that's going to be photographs. That's going to be photographs of your team. That's going to be photographs of your customer, of your products, of your services, whatever that is. For us, it tends to be graphics. If you've been reading the Roundpeg blog, you'll notice that Jenna's been doing more blog posts that, that play with logos and change colors and change fonts. That was a very purposeful move. This is not an accident. This is something that has been happening, like Lorraine said. The web had been trending in a visual direction for months before Pinterest burst onto the scene. But now, it's not enough to have a content strategy. You have to have a visual content strategy. And um, and, it, and I think it is hard. I think it is challenging for certain businesses to figure out what that visual – I mean, I work with um, uh, heating and air conditioning contractors, <laughs> and Allison is, is laughing because it's not a glamour business. Um, and uh, uh, this, is a, this is a segment of the market I've worked in for 20 years, and I know the business really well, and I will tell you there is nothing sexy or exciting about a refrigeration coil or a furnace, or an air cleaner. And so as I'm talking to these contractors about Pinterest, I'm like, okay, guys, you can't put a picture of a furnace. And so they're like, well, what do we do? And what I'm telling them is, 
write a blog post about how you made a living room more comfortable and get me a photograph of a dog sleeping in the in the room or get me but a good photo not a cheesy photo get me photos of the family in their space if you're working on a remodeling project work with the interior designer and have them do a guest post on your blog that talks about the, the overall project and then you can talk about how your products were part of it um, let me play devil's advocate though okay if I pin that picture of a cute fluffy dog sleeping on a rug in, in a lovely living room and say, here's how we made this living room more comfortable with clean geothermal technology. Anybody going to click that on Pinterest? Maybe, maybe not. I but for me, this, is an, this, is, this falls into the category of not everybody belongs to every <laughs> network. And I'm serious. This is something we've been talking about for the past several months now. You don't have to play everywhere. You will probably do multiple things poorly if you try to play everywhere. Okay. And I would, I would say that maybe HVAC companies don't necessarily need to be on Pinterest. Possibly. And, and I, think, I also think, though, that um, the right company may find a way to do it. And again, maybe it's about their employees. Maybe it's about uh, not-for-profit. Maybe it's about communities that they serve. Um, we are coming up on the eight-minute mark, and we are going to wrap up last comment on Pinterest, and then we're going to switch gears. Allison, if people have one takeaway from this whole conversation on Pinterest. Focus on your content. Focus on having great content, having something to drive people to and getting that visual hook into them, and that's where you're really going to find interest with Pinterest. But at the same time, don't be afraid to share other things. Awesome. Okay, this morning um, we have Stephen Shattuck joining us. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Hey, I'm a little disappointed you didn't talk about my Pinterest board. About knitted ties, Stephen? Yeah, I'm the authority on, on knitted ties on Pinterest. Only one board. How many followers do you have on that board now? Uh, over 50. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> that, that's really exciting. Oh, actually, I wanted to talk about one thing real quick. And that's um, something that came up between uh, Stephen and I and our, our friend Mohammed Yazm, I see what our time is, um, uh, doing collaborative boards where you allow multiple people to pin to a board. Um, we have a mm -hmm. collaborative board on office spaces that's a lot of fun. But I've seen brands doing this, asking people to pin their favorite sandwich combination at Panera on a, on a, on a, multiply, on a multiply moderated board. So I just wanted that's to throw good. that in real quick. That's really so that's smart. Good. So, you know, you know, again, it's all about making your customers work for you. Absolutely, having a little mm -hmm. bit of fun. But we're going we're to switch gears because um, one of the things, those of you um, that are here local that are listening to the show, know that um, Stephen and Allison frequently exchange <laughs> opinions on, yeah. on marketing ideas. And we thought it would be fun to sort of have our own version of an Andy Rooney segment <laughs> here on um, – uh, more than a few words, um, and we're calling it Half-Baked Marketing Ideas. And so, Stephen, we're going to let you kick off with your most recent Half-Baked Marketing Idea. Okay, so I'll, I'll present this. It's, it's not well thought through. It needs to be defined and sort of honed. So I'll leave it up to the ladies to either work it out or we'll just decide that it's no good. So, The Hunger Games. Hunger Games is this global phenomenon. It's, everyone's talking about it. Um, this idea, it's probably too late to do it, but we can still decide if it was a good idea or not. 
So Hunger Games deals with all these dystopian um, themes, and one of them is a lack of food for most of the population. So there are a couple of nonprofits in town that deal with hunger as an issue. So they collect, you know, they do canned food drives and all this stuff. So how could those nonprofits locally sort of capitalize on this Hunger Games phenomenon? So my half-baked idea is, why don't all these, why don't these nonprofits show up at all the screenings of the movies and do little can of food drives? Interesting idea. Actually, you were you were sharing some articles with me this morning. Some places have done similar things, actually, right? Right. Um, it looked like there was a school that did a little bit of a drive, um, but it seems like they could have, uh, you know, a nonprofit food organization could do like a big promotion around it, maybe raffle off tickets for everyone who donates a canned food item or something like that. Well, I think there's some obvious tie-ins with the title, but if you actually know anything about the content of the movie, which of course involves uh, children aged 10 to 18 fighting to the brutal, bloody death, <laughs> is that something yeah. that a bank would want to be associated with? Maybe. If they had a philosophical problem with that, they could sort of spin it around and, and make it like, you know, this advocacy thing. Like, you know, the Hunger Games, this uh, this is a real issue, like this isn't a game, you know, hunger is a real thing, so why not show yeah. your support for this worthy cause? Okay, well, so or on the other side of it, you could go completely the way we did here at Roundpeg, which is um, we actually took to the paintball court. Um, so you could mm -hmm. have a fight to the death scenario with winners and yep. betting. So you're saying that not-for-profits should embrace murder as a marketing <laughs> strategy. Is that what I'm hearing? Nobody really dies. Yeah, no one dies in paintball. I got Peter like, and it is a fictional book. So, um, I actually do think it's a great idea. I would be concerned a little bit about copyright, um, since you know, Lionsgate okay. does tend to want to, you know, protect his copyright fairly aggressively. So that well, being said, okay, so here's a larger half-baked idea. Should should a nonprofit, a small nonprofit that does great work, willfully violate copyrights? And if so, what are the consequences? So imagine the public backlash of Lionsgate, this like giant, monolithic, you know, rich corporation went after a little nonprofit who decided to do a little bit of a creative promotion. I mean, I feel like the public would just rally around that nonprofit and the donations would flow. But it happens every single day, exactly the scenario you described. Um, Coleman Race for the Cure is, of course, one of the largest not-for-profits in the country, and mm -hmm. they spend $1 million every year, uh, quote-unquote, defending their trademark, which means suing the ever-loving crap out of smaller charities that use the phrase, for the cure. So yeah, and then look at the backlash. They didn't get backlash for that. They got backlash for the entire Planned Parenthood brouhaha. Most people don't know that Coleman does this and that they spend that amount of money. I think that telling yeah. not-for-profits to willfully ignore copyright, uh, <laughs> we are not recommending that. <laughs> <laughs> we are not recommending that. <laughs> okay, so but would it be a copyright violation to, to do a promotion around the Hunger Games? Maybe we should get a lawyer in to chime in on that. But is it a copyright violation? Um, I, uh, 
if you're using their images, um, if you're right. simply saying, you know, when you go to the Hunger Games, maybe not. Um, I guess I would probably approach it differently. I probably, and I know you said, you know, the 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 premiere is mm-hmm. over. There are two more books, yeah. and two to and, and so what yeah, that means is two true. to more movies in the works. And so if true. I was if I was Gleaner, what I would do is I would approach Lionsgate now in anticipation yep. Yep. of the release of the second movie and say, hey. This is kind of what we're thinking, because you know what? Mm -hmm. Lionsgate, they were so smart and so savvy Mm -hmm. in terms of how they promoted this. I think they might be very open. I think you're right. I'd advocate advocate maybe going to the source. And, of course, you can still, for instance, do blogs about how hunger isn't a game. That's not something that's not going to get you into trouble. Certainly you could do some Facebook promotion around that. Or, like you mentioned, organize a screening and charge a canned good to get in the door. That's something that's not mentioned. So there's definitely some possibilities there that won't get you into too much hot water. Okay, Stephen, I think this was really fun. Um, Would you consider coming back? Oh, sure. Awesome. Well, then... um, I got a whole notebook of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Okay, so here's where we are, folks. We are just about out of time. Um, We've really enjoyed talking about Pinterest. We'll be back next week, same time, 1030. And uh, Stephen will be joining us with another half-baked marketing idea at the end of the show. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.